It's time to unleash the expert. What is he an expert on? Relationships, sex, spirituality, and rediscovering yourself beyond the trauma. Get ready to unleash more purpose, passion, and pleasure in your life. Here's the expert himself, Mr. Brandon Patrick. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Brandon Patrick Show. Um, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're listening. And today's episode is going to be a little bit different, but I think it's going to be very interesting. So um, let's dive right into it. On Thursday, I was out golfing with my buddies and I was on about the 12th hole and my phone just starts blowing up. Just all these text messages and all of this stuff. And um, what had happened is Jody, my uh, I guess this therapist that I had mentored under and worked for years and years ago um, was arrested for child abuse on Wednesday. And um, she was facing, I think, six counts of child abuse with her partner, Ruby Frank. Um, I think it's Frank or Frankie or something. Um, I don't know Ruby very well, but I do know Jody very well. And um, they were both arrested and most people know this news. It is, it is important news, but I think there's a lot of things underneath it that are very important and things that I talk about all of the time. And uh, those things need to be flushed out. It's amazing to me that we're to this point where Jody's sitting in jail. Um, yet for years and years and years, she has run just a thriving practice with many followers and many people making major life decisions from her counsel and her counsel is a therapist and and to to take a step back and look at how how has this happened how how does this happen jody beyond the child abuse and i don't know she hasn't been convicted yet you know i wouldn't doubt that she gets a certain conviction of guilty but um she hasn't been convicted yet but it didn't shock me. It didn't shock me one bit that that was happening. Um, beyond the child abuse, Jody had has left a wake of destruction and destruction where she has been an integral part of families being torn apart, of marriages ending, of relationships between children and parents being torn completely apart. And she's done it for years and years and years. And um, I did have firsthand, um, uh, firsthand uh, experience of watching these things happen. So um, when I very first got licensed years ago, I was looking to get into private practice and I was trying to figure out um, how to get some experience in addiction and recovery. And at the time, um, pornography and pornography addiction and the church was really beating the drum of of stop masturbating and looking at porn. And I knew there was a big need for a good therapist to help people in that field. And um, <clears throat> I came to this from a very, I think, naive place. And um I randomly emailed Jody and just said, Hey, are you looking for anyone to work for you? And she said, Yeah, come on down. So I 
I came down and it was very odd when I first started with her. Um, she didn't really hire me on or anything. She just like immediately was like, okay, come to these groups, do this, do that. And so I just started shadowing as much as I possibly could because I was just trying to gain experience. I was just trying to learn. And she had um, probably 10 to 20 groups going at the time. Um, she had a caseload that was completely full five days a week. Uh, she didn't, she was a workaholic and um, she, she could work so hard and it, it was a bustling practice. And I just thought, wow, look at this woman. She is, she is doing really well. And, and she must be helping a lot of people to be doing this well. And I started to actually sit in on therapy sessions. So I would spend and she would she would do eight sessions straight without stopping. And I would spend days on like day after day just sitting there. And it was it got long and it was hard, but I would just sit there and observe her doing therapy. Um and then I would also sit in groups and, and watch her do therapy groups. And at the time she was she was treating sex addiction and um codependency. Notice I don't say betrayal trauma. She was treating sex addiction and codependency and she was she was using Lifestar. She was the Lifestar affiliate for Utah County and she was treating sex addiction. And I got there and I was amazed at how she was thriving, but I was also a little bit weirded out. I got to I got to admit. She was disconnected. Um, she was very convincing. She'd use big words. She didn't mince words. She was direct. She would tell you how it was. Um, people were basically worshiping her. Um, what she said was the truth. And she was very rigid in her thinking. Uh, she spoke, she, she took what the church was teaching and she just drove it home. Um, big time. And, you know, some of the groups I was at, at, like the, the 19 year old kid who masturbates once every six months is in this group with this guy who like, you know, gets prostitutes five times a week and, um, spends hours and hours strip clubs, you know, but they're in the exact same group. Um, Jody, one of Jody's, main things was she was very much about boundaries, but her idea of boundaries was completely backwards. Her idea of boundaries was, let me tell you as my spouse, if I'm the codependent here, let me tell you um, all the ways in which I'm going to control your life, all the ways in which you have to do what I say, because you have victimized me, you have hurt me, so now you have to do this. And I saw her do many sessions where she'd sit down with spouses and she would make a laundry list that, that with the spouse that they're supposed to go back to their partner with and say, here are my boundaries. Here are my stipulations to be in a relationship with you and you better follow. Um, and this was under the guise of recovery work, under the guise of getting better. A therapist was walking people through this. Um, so... She, yeah, she treated sex addiction in Utah County. She was very connected to her bishop. She was very connected even to the upper people in the church. She went and talked to some 
apostles at times um, about some of the things she was seeing. and um, But the main talking points were uh, sexual self-rejection was recovery. Now, she wouldn't say it that way, but any bit of masturbation, pornography use was addiction. And that needed to stop. Um, the other thing was she would she would preach and teach fear and control let and and harsh boundaries um you know it's okay like i I was working with a guy who um his wife had set a boundary, and I've talked about this before where if he lusted at all, he would have to sleep on the cement floor in the basement for a week that's what now now you can understand why there's duct tape around children's arms in Jody's house because in some distorted way, I hate that word distorted because that's Jody's favorite word, in some messed up way, she has convinced herself that that is fighting for truth. That that dude who's full of shame and has no idea who he is as a man takes a double take at, at, at a store comes home and admits it to his wife and then sleeps on cement for a week. I know this is extreme, but we have we have just turned sexuality into such a horrendous thing that we're justified in doing these type of things. How many of her clients were sleeping in their car? You know, as the, the men, like the men were sleeping in the car because, um, you know, they deserved that. And the wife was holding a boundary and the men were just sleeping out in the car and not in the house for months and months. I remember one kid, I, I've told this story before. He set it up with Jody. If I look at pornography, I can't talk to my family for six months. Can't talk to my family for six months. He he missed Christmas and Thanksgiving because he looked at pornography. That's the last thing that kid needed. Um, uh, you know, I, I she would she would teach things like. Legal separations, that was a big thing, like get legally separated. Couples were pushed to separation. And in the meantime, her personal life was not good. Relationships with her own family and like, how could somebody who who didn't understand healthy connection and healthy attachment run a clinic called Connections and have it thrive? Um, she really reinforced the victimhood of the spouse. If, if, uh, your husband goes and looks at pornography, you are a victim. Um, and you need to, uh, protect yourself by having these controlling boundaries. Um, the other thing that drove me crazy was this uh, and I put this in quotation marks, the addict. Spouses, spouses would start calling their their partners the addict or, or addict mode. Um, every, anytime there was a little fight or disagreement, a frustration, yeah, he turned into the addict. 
He's in addict mode. He's, you know, and you can imagine how that went in a relationship. Rather than working things out, it was quickly him being dismissed as this monster, um, this perverse monster um, who has no leg to stand on whatsoever. Um, she really liked to define things like lust and relapse and slips. And, and, and the reason why these definitions were so important is because they provided a, a vocabulary for control. How can we control this thing? And how can we be in constant anxiety and fear around sexuality? Um, and somehow, some way, I, I, t- I talk this way and you guys are probably listening and saying like, what? Like, why would people go to her? Her groups were full. That's why she brought me on. Um, because she had too much business. I remember one of the first clients I ever I ever got from her, she referred him to me. She sat me down and she said, this is the client, gave me his name and said, he's a monster. He's horrible. He's manipulative. He's terrible. He's awful. And you need to set him straight. So I thought, well, well, okay. You know, and I met with the guy and the guy was so humble he was so kind. He was he was he was patient. He was one of my favorite clients that I've ever had. And I wasn't being manipulated. He truly was. His heart was gold. Um and I was I I I was confused a little bit because I just got this talk from Jody about how horrible he was. And I met with him and I was like, "What?" And what was going on was Jody was inserting herself right at the pain point of that of that couple because she knew if I can hit that pain point right there, then I can keep this couple on as clients and make a lot of money off them for a long time. And what that pain point is, is we need to fix the horrible him in order for you guys to be happy. And it validates the partner. It validates, oh yeah, gall. I don't have to do much of my own work. He's terrible. It's true. All of my pain that I've been feeling, like, yeah, yeah, you validate that. You make me feel like I'm not crazy. And Jody was so good at that, just right there in that spot, right there. She could just nail it. And then she would exacerbate all of those, all of those beliefs how horrible he is, how terrible he is, how controlling she needs to be to protect herself, how, and all of those things. And you could see what this would do to the couple. They would eventually disconnect. Um, but she was justified in doing that because of something that I think is, is that we really need to look at. And that's that, that sexuality is so easy to attack as the problem. The bull in the china closet, the the sin among sins that can just, you know, it's second only to murder. And so if we can target that 
and validate that that is the problem with the cultural messages and the messages of the church for years and years and years saying the biggest problem is your sexuality, both to women and to men. Girls, be modest, be modest, be modest. Men, don't lust, don't lust, don't lust. And if you do, it's a big problem. You better talk to your bishop about this thing. I know somebody who who attempted to harm somebody, to even to maybe kill them, who was not disciplined by the church. And yet I know I know somebody who has masturbated and gotten disfellowshipped. Um so Jody could go right into that space, demonize sexuality, make that bull in a china closet, be that that partner with that sexuality, validate the spouse's pain, create controlling boundaries, disconnect the couple, and Jody comes out looking like a warrior for truth. Well, it all came crumbling down last week. And I'm not reveling in it. I'm grateful that she's in jail because I'm tired of her hurting people. I have done, uh, so So I trained under her and then all of my years of therapy treating this, I've done so many sessions of Jody retreads where couples and individuals come in and they are in a cult-like state of mentality. It's hard to break through to them because they have so much indoctrination in their heads about what is and what isn't. And it's very difficult to get them to sway from the Jody-isms. And I would just say the Jody-isms are just the extreme, extreme beliefs, some that come from the church. Um, so her philosophies were... She she really spoke the language of sexual self-rejection, of fear and control, of contingencies for your worthiness. You better do this in order to be okay. You better stay sober for long enough. Um, you know, you you have to act this way. You have to act that way. She would teach these things called bottom lines that we t- teach all the time. But her bottom lines just became more and more controlling. And what they were is boundaries that people would set for themselves. Um, and, uh, you know, to, to stay safe. And so it'd be things like, I'm not taking my phone in the bathroom or whatever. And it would get to the point where to show off to Jody, um, a lot of her clients would be like, my bottom line is now that I cannot go in a room with a television in it. You know, um, I, I remember one guy coming to group and he, was so proud and he said i had to drive to la from salt lake and i took a two hour longer drive around las vegas so i did not have to drive through las vegas and to me it's like okay is that the healthy thing or would be the healthy thing like drive through las vegas and deal with it like handle it you know you can you can get through there Set up some support system, deal with it, you're okay. But it was like his group was like amazed, like, wow, you're the 
best. You're amazing. And Jody's just telling him how amazing he is. Um, I just saw men lay down and uh, belly up uh, over and over again in her groups to show off to her about how unmasculine they were. Um, it was it was it was this messed up thing where like a lot of the toxic patriarchy was coming into play with all of her messages, and at the same time, masculinity was being attacked, and femininity was being attacked as well. Um, so contingencies for worthiness, um, and honestly, a lot of what, what was driving it was greed, um, was she knew that if she spoke this language, she could profit from it again and again and again. She knew if she could hit that pain point right there, that person who's validated in that moment is going to refer her friends. Uh, Jody kind of shifted and I, you know, I left the picture. I wasn't working under her for very long at all, but I got a good taste of what she was doing. Um, and she got her license, um, suspended because, uh, and, and that story, I don't know the details of it, but she disclosed to, I mean, all kinds of stuff. She disclosed to this guy's boss at BYU or something or his bishop or somebody, about his pornography addiction. I think the guy ended up getting fired and um, totally not okay as a therapist. HIPAA, everything being broken. Um, I'm sure she knew she was justified in doing it because she was she was fighting for truth. Um, one of Jody's big things was ta- she would spend months talking about denial and then her new platform was all about living in distortion, whether you're in distortion or not, which is so ironic. Maybe I'm in distortion. Maybe I'm in denial. I, maybe we all are. I don't know. But the irony is she's in a jail cell right now, probably thinking she was justified to tie a child up and starve them. That's distortion. That's twisted, manipulative thinking errors, denial, distortion, whatever you want to call it. That's distortion. It's distortion to be a wedge between relationships and families for years and years and years and think that you're fighting for God's truths. That's distortion. Um. I do get fired up about this because I've I, I, I like it, it's hard to watch and not totally be able to stop. Um, I have neighbors, you know, after I've worked for Jody, after I've known all this stuff, who still sign up for her stuff and think it's great and think it's wonderful. And I'm like, please don't. Like, what are you doing? Don't don't go get a divorce by listening to Jody, please. Do it some other way if you're going to do that, but don't do it by listening to Jody. But you, but you can't stop it because she was so good and so convincing. And most of the people that would go to her were very, very much in the church and that would go hand in hand. 
because she would speak the language so well of the church. So she would take the beliefs that are already in members of the church about sexuality and she would just take those and and run with them. And so that does lead to the question, is the church to blame? Is there some bit of blame here for the culture and the systems around sexuality and recovery? And I talk about this all the time, you guys. This isn't anything new um, for me, and you know kind of my stance on it. But at the time the internet came out, um, the church's knee-jerk response was, don't, don't, don't. Porn is bad. Porn is bad. Don't, don't, don't. Um, it is of the devil. It is disgusting. It is. You could go back and listen to some of Hinckley's talks on it. And yeah. Um, and then the church's response, you know, it, it was okay. The internet's out there. All these people are using it and using pornography and things like that. So oh, now we need groups. So they started these these addiction recovery groups years ago, and they at first they just threw every person struggling with any kind of addiction in the same group and they people would go to those groups and get it get worse they were just not good and then they started calling missionary couples who had no idea what they were doing um to kind of facilitate these groups and no one would get better this is years ago and then some of the church support groups got better and some got worse and so like there was good ones and there was bad ones and that's kind of where it's at today um there was in terms of of spousal support um what was being done in bishops offices was not very helpful for many spouses and a lot of the women that i was working with um they were frustrated they were frustrated in not getting the support that they needed or the guidance they needed. And it was just very confusing. They were being, you know, they, they would go to a bishop for help. The, the, the poor bishop in a lot of ways had no training, yet he was looked at as the person who was going to give the guidance in that critical moment in, the, in these people's marriages. At the same time, sexuality is being attacked. Um, so transparency and honesty isn't happening in the relationship because um, they're so scared to show who they are as sexual beings in the relationship. So there's lying going on and trying to fit in a box. And there's this box over here, like, come on, get in the box, get in the box so we can all be safe and all be good. Nobody can fit in the freaking box. And so what's the answer to that? Let's have these 12-step support groups. To help you with your sexuality. Oh, and find a, ther- a good therapist like Jody. Ay, ay, ay. Um. So the whole all the whole systems were, were broken. The whole thing was messed up. Um. And, and and still is in many ways. There's still programs out there that, you know, I, I hear of programs where if you masturbate, you have to pay double for a group the next month. What? What kind of therapy is that? Um, It's about force and control, forcing yourself to stop certain behaviors, which actually exacerbates it and creates you doing the behavior more and more compulsively. 
um, you, you know, I, I I have stepped away from um, some of these programs and even creating some of my own because I just want to make sure that whatever I am doing is helping people get better. And I think it's good to take a step back to really realize like, okay, I got to sort through a lot of my own programming, a lot of my own stuff to make sure that I'm operating in truth. I actually did work for Jody for a while. I mean, I could see it quickly that it it was kind of messed up, but something inside of me was drinking the Kool-Aid enough to say, yeah, interesting. Look what she's doing. Wow. She really speaks truth. Wow. She's amazing. I didn't think that for very long, but I did for a little bit. And so I would, the, my programming inside of me got me there sitting in those groups thinking all of this was somewhat okay. And so how, how many steps back do I need to take to really examine, okay, what is healthy? What is normal? Um, how far out of, of the, the bubble do I need to go in order to to actually see it like see the reality of of the bubble of it um and, and i think that's what i just said you know some people might take offense to that of like whoa i'm not in a bubble i i'm not trying to like rip on it or anything i'm just trying to say in order to it's kind of like you know, if you're swimming in in chicken broth, it's hard to taste the chicken broth. But if you get out of it a little bit and you can see it, then you can actually notice it, become conscious of it. Um, so I want to I want to wrap this up, and um, a, a lot of what I've talked about today, I what I I hoped to do was give you this little microcosm of my experience, but in order to kind of back out on a macro level and look at, you know, why are we caught up in with some of this suffering in our society and in our, in our lives, even our little personal lives. Um, and a lot of times it's the lens that we're looking through. It's the perspective that we're given and when somebody comes along and if your lens is a certain shade of color and they come along and they say, yeah, you can really see that color when I'm around, right? And they can take it and they could take advantage of you because of it. Um, I think you got to one, look at the, the person with the message. Two, you got to look at your, your own lens. Why is my own lens this color? And why am I drawn to this? And how did I get wrapped up in that? Um, it was interesting with Jody. I saw people go all the way down the road in, in, in joining the cult, basically. Um, I saw people go two steps in and they ran the other way. And then I saw people kind of dabble for a while and then realize, oh my gosh, this is weird and crazy. Um, their lenses were all a little bit different. Um, and so I hope that it's, it's interesting because trusting other people is important. Listening to me, what I'm talking about, you guys, this is just my perspectives. 
Okay. You still need to really stop and feel what feels true to you or not wrestle with it. You know, I, I, you're, I, I feel like I have a lot of truth inside of me, but you get it through my lens. You get it through my perspective. And so take that. And if you didn't like it or agree, and you didn't feel like something was true, I wouldn't want you to follow me. And I wouldn't want you to, to go along with it. I would want you to trust yourself. I would want you to trust that relationship you have with God and your own intuition. That's what I would want you to do. So, and that's one of the other fallacies with this whole thing is people are looking for somebody to fix it all, to save them, to help them overcome. And that's what Jody was stepping into. Like, here I am with all of the answers. In the meantime, I'm abusing children. Um, I hope this doesn't just sound like sour grapes um, because I, I hope, I, I, and I say this with all honesty, I hope that, um, that Jody can learn from this and that she can, she can get humble and look at a lot of the destruction that's happened. And I want to have compassion for her. I'm, I, I do imagine it's pretty scary right now where she's at and what's happening with her. But I'm glad and I'm grateful that she can't hurt people anymore. And um, I do want to say the church has gotten better. Um, they've they backed away from a lot of the shame, um, a lot of the shaming talk and um, just things that they talk about when it comes to sexuality. But they've just kind of backed away. Um, there hasn't been much guidance beyond that. Um, and so... Yeah, it's it, they're not doing as much destruction, but are they a, are, are they part of the solution? I don't know. So, all right, you guys, I hope this was helpful. I hope it was at least interesting to hear some of my experiences. Um, if you have any comments or if you have any experiences, I would love to talk to any of you. Um, if you've had any, any experiences like working with her or whatever. Um that, that'd be awesome to talk to you. So reach out to me. Go to the Brandon Patrick All right, you guys have a wonderful day. We'll see you later.